Welcome to the Grace Family International Church Podcast Service. This message is by our senior pastor, Reverend Yinka Ojo. Be blessed as you listen. We lift our hands, our hearts, our voices, our worship, our song, our praise. Only you deserve it. And we know that you are already here. We know you are about to pour down your grace upon us through your word. Open the eyes of our spirits. Grant us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Flood the eyes of our spirit man with your insight. Let the word that goes forth tonight, let it not return void. Let it produce 30, 60, 100 fold return. Let your word prosper, profit, and bring forth your blessings, your will in our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I yield myself unto you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. May my tongue as the pen of a radio writer. Oh, Lord God, let your word flow without any hindrance by any demonic force. In the name of Jesus, I take authority right now. And I declare that this atmosphere is conducive for heaven to bless every hearer, both physically here, electronically listening, and um, uh, and um, worshiping and listening now in this time and also in the future we pray for every era there shall be results of signs and wonders and breakthroughs and victories in our lives for in Jesus name we have prayed and the people of God say good amen and help you to give a warm handshake to one or two people around you and smile give them a big 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 smile if they don't smile back keep holding their hands and tell them I'll keep smiling until you smile then you may be seated in Jesus name we welcome you we extend our right arm of fellowship to those of you watching with us electronically you watch you're watching electronically Facebook YouTube wherever you are please grab your Bible grab a notebook grab your device and let's go into the word of the living God the word of God is powerful mighty God and his word are one and um, God created everything by the word that he spoke so as the word of God goes for tonight creative ability of heaven is coming forth into your life can you say amen somebody and release your faith you've just it's not just the person who is preaching that got to believe God of course I'm always praying seeking God and believing God that God will speak so get ready release your faith tonight my message is titled knowing the will of God for your life knowing the will of God for your life and this will just be our conclusion for now for the time being on this series of hearing the voice of God Isaiah chapter 30 and Isaiah chapter 58 let's go to those two scriptures I want to kick off from there Isaiah chapter 58 verse 11 Isaiah chapter 58 verse 11 the word of see the book of Isaiah is some theologians have called it the New Testament of the Old Testament. It's the most quoted Old Testament book in the New Testament. I used to think it was Psalms, but it's not. It's the book of Isaiah that was quoted the most from Genesis to Revelation. Of course, they always referred back to the Old Testament scriptures. And um, very loaded, beautiful, beautiful book. Isaiah 58 verse 11. And the Lord shall guide thee... How often? Continually. Listen, this is a promise from God. And when God gives a promise, he has sworn by himself. That simply means that for him not to fulfill his promise, he has to destroy himself. He has to be self-destruct for him to not be faithful to fulfill his promise. So, 
God has given you a promise here and God says, the Bible says, the Lord shall guide you, shall guide you. He will instruct you. He will show you, give you information, instructions on the right steps to take, the right moves to make, how to make sure your life is a success on earth. He will guide you continually. Please understand and underscore that word continually, 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 continually. There's a reason why I'm saying that. I'll make a comment about that in a minute. And the Lord shall guide you continually. See, after me, the Lord shall guide me continually. How often will the Lord guide you? Only on Sundays? Only on the days we are fasting and praying? Only during the Wednesday service? And the Lord, let's try again. And the Lord shall guide you. How often? Continually and satisfy your soul in drought. Actually, the Hebrew sense of that is that and as a result of him guiding you, his continual guidance in your life, certain things will begin to happen even in the natural. And he begins to say that as the Lord guides you continually, then he will satisfy your life. He, when there is drought, there is drought in Nigeria right now. Drought simply means famine, financial problems, predicaments. There is scarcity of money, scarcity of fuel, scarcity of dollars, scarcity of food, scarcity of cement. Everything is going higher and higher. But the Lord says, as I guide you continually, you will be satisfied. It's a promise from heaven. Can God fail? Can God lie? So we see that God is speaking here now that he's going to guide us continually and he's going to bring satisfaction to our lives and he's going to make fat your bones. Now, when the Bible, especially the Old Testament, speaks about fat here, he's talking about riches. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a kind of euphemism. It's a kind of way God is making a play on words. In other words, you will not be lean and skinny and gaunt uh, because you are malnourished and you are deprived. So that's what God means by fat. You will be prosperous. You will be blessed. He will make you rich. I've shared enough in this month to make everybody who listens to all those messages multi-millionaires in divine measures. Of course, it will take some time gradually. You'll get there. You'll get it tomorrow. If you follow what I've shared, enough. It's enough for a lifetime for you never to be poor. Right, so God gives out these promises, and many don't understand that there's a lot God God has promised to prosper us, give us abundance, but a lot of that is tied into whether you are you are hearing Him, you are following His instructions, and how consistently you are following His instructions. Not just you follow His instructions just for the month when you had the teaching, and then for the next seven, eight months, you don't even emphasize being led by God, being led by the Spirit of God. But then when another series along those lines, you are just, then you go, no, no, no. This is God. When God says continually, you also must follow Him and yield to Him. Continue. No matter your background, no matter what you've gone through, like no matter who your parents are, whether they know anything or not, whether they have finances or not, whether you were born into wealth or not, those things don't matter with God. God has assumed the fatherhood of your life. So he's, he, he, he has his own ways of getting this done. And then God on and say in verse 11, I will make fat your bones and you shall be like a watered garden. What is a watered garden like? Green, luscious, blessed, never thirsty, never in want. So God is painting a picture 
picture of the kind of life he has for you. The kind of future he has for his children. If you receive it, say I receive it. And all of this starts with continuous guidance. Continuous guidance. Continuous guidance. And he says that you'll be like a well, like a watered garden, and you'll be like a spring of water whose waters fail not. The waters will not fail. As long as you follow his direction, you are going to live a life that is going to be taken away. Failure-proof life. Of course, initially, God has to win you out of, 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 of that kind of lifestyle. And gradually, until you find out that you are making decisions, uh, more of your decisions are success decisions, more than failure decisions. And after you've walked that way for weeks and months and years, you look back and you say, Wow! This is wonderful. What a wonderful life. Can you say amen, somebody? I started doing this at 16, 17. Start trying to follow God and try to follow God. And you say, man, man, people want to know. Every human being wants to know tomorrow. That's why, um, in the, even in the Western world, psychics are selling. White witches are selling in, in Belfast. One year in Belfast, I cast out a demon of witchcraft from a, a girl. I had a word of knowledge in the audience, and she's they say witch in this service. And she lifted up her hands. A white lady, about 21 years old. I said, Come, you're a witch. Said, you know Jesus? So yeah, and I want to I want to get rid of it. She was a witch. I cast out the devil and I said, Now the devil has left you. She said, I know. I said, how do you know? She said, I saw the demon leave me. This was Europe. <laughs> it's not your village. <laughs> so, but why do you do it? Because they want to know. They want to be able to look at crystal balls. They want to be able to. I remember the, the one other time we went. I'm going to remove this jacket. When uh, a city called Ennis. In Ireland, this one is Ireland. I was so surprised because the first night we preached and then they put us in a hotel. When we came down in the morning for breakfast, all the witches in that part of Ireland they had come for a for an exhibition. <laughs> oh, so. Sometimes I pity those who just say, um, Jack, Jack, you better study where you are going, especially spiritually. Don't just go blind and enter into a zone that you don't understand the territorial demonic spirit operating in a place. They were all there. Reading palms, Ouija boards, they, they, and they had a pain. They were setting up. They were setting up for display to the play, you know. <laughs> Which is... We have a superior way of doing things. Can somebody say amen? All right, look at, before I go ahead of myself, Isaiah 30, go to Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30. All right. And there are no good witches. There's nothing like that. Some friendly witch. No, 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 no. There's nothing friendly from the kingdom of darkness. Nothing good from, nothing good outside of God. So keep that in mind. But let's look at Isaiah chapter 30. These are just foundational scriptures before I dive in deeply into this. Um, 
rounding up message. Verse 21. Well, verse 20 is good. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity, the word of affliction, he was talking about the children of Israel, how they went um, into captivity and all of that. Then verse 21 says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. That's divine direction. God is saying, I'll give you a word that will instruct you, give you divine guidance, give you divine direction. The word, you will hear word behind you saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. In other words, when you reach a point where you have to make a decision, you've reached a fork in the road. Should I go this way? Should I go that way? Even in the Old Testament, God said that I'm going to guide you. Especially now in the New Testament, we're not just hearing the word like audible. We're hearing the voice of God continually inside of our spirits. Can somebody say amen? So, because man wants to know tomorrow, he wants to know right from wrong. Who should I marry? Parents want to know. This girl, is she the right one for my son? This boy, is he the right one for my daughter? And they take this one. And I, you remember I did a whole teaching on how white children of God should not be consulting priests, prophet, witch doctor, whatever name they are called. That's not God's way of leading the child of God. The devil, that's the devil's terrain. As the devil's terrain, and people have gotten into serious trouble because they, they will not listen to good teaching and follow the word of God. And so, 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 so people will do that for marriage. It's marriage there. It's very clear how to know to marry. Of course, your will is involved in that. But I'll, maybe I'll talk about that later. But people want to know. I'm seeing another resurgence of witchcraft in the name of horoscopes. Among singles. Oh, and I see that on Instagram. Um, something, something, their name. Uh, child of God. Blessed of God. Gemini. I said, excuse you. You cannot be a child of God and have your life under horoscope at the same time. You can't. That is for the children of the devil. By the time you associate your life to a one of those horoscopes, you have invited those where those are demons, Taurus, Sagittarius, Virgo, those are demons that are paired to the ancient Greeks. But dated before that, they when they did the excavation of the Tower of Babel, some of you might have heard me teach on it before, of the Tower of Babel in Genesis 11. When I'm a geologist, so I, I know some things along these lines. When they did the excavation on the top of that tower they were building is this same signs of all of these horoscopes on it. So they were trying to make those things, to use to know the future, to consult the realm of the spirit illegally. And that's what you do when you associate your life as a Christian with a horoscope. Go and check all that you have, anywhere you've attached yourself, you carry a key holder that has horoscope, you have a, something you've put on Facebook, that attach your name to horoscope, go and clean it up, remove it totally, so that those demons can leave you alone. Children of God, don't toy, don't play with the devil. Can I have an amen in the house? But people want to know, 
because I wasn't going to. So somebody said that, well, if you are a Leo, when I want to, because I've had so many hearts, heart, what that thing called, hearts being jilted, heartbreaks, right? Okay, many of the ladies. I've got, I've got so many heartbreaks. I'm not, so the issue is that I'm always picking somebody whose star does not line up with my star. So that's why I tell them from the upfront when they check my Instagram something and they see that I am a Taurus. Taurus, I only do Gemini and Leo. And... Listen, you are entering into a terrain of darkness and it is dangerous. Those are demons trying to know the future through demonic ways. Trying to never try to enter the realm of the spirit any other way apart from the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Any other way anybody is trying to get spiritual and it is not by simply coming to the word of God and yielding to the Holy Spirit. It is illegal. People, the world, the realm of the spirit can be a dangerous place. There are raving demons there. Some people have entered in and have never come out again. Some have entered in and have lost their minds. Even some Christians. I've been at this thing full time since 1987. I have seen some things. I've seen some people try to enter in, try to get more power, and they never return the same way. Some of them virtually dead. We had to pray for them and put them in psychiatric ward. And don't meddle in the realm of the spirit through, and I'm saying this, maybe not just for those of us physically here, but don't meddle into the realm of the spirit through, say, transition meditation. We are burning one candle. We are doing one seance. They are going to say vision. I'm going to meet a visioner. They are going to put in, uh, 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 in, I think called now? Incision on me, they're gonna give me one love finger or one, but don't try it. This way, with us in Jesus' name. But people are looking for how to know tomorrow should I travel or should I stay? Should I do this? And all that decisions, 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 and uh, trying to know what is right from wrong. But God has promised to direct us and to guide us. Can somebody say amen? One reason for the so one reason for the increase of the occult around us on the world, and it's going to increase. One reason for the increase of witchcraft, spirit guides, and all this stuff is because Satan truly knows that this curiosity that mankind has to know the future, he begins to step in and to lie to people that want to know what the future holds. And in the process, he entraps them. It is like a spider's web and the curious fly is just going there before you know it it is trapped in the web and the spider looks at it until it struggles and struggles for days and it starves to death then the spider moves in and destroys it that's exactly what the devil is doing for some people. Many people want to know about the future. They want to know things in the spirit realm. But they don't want to surrender their lives to Christ and begin to live a holy and righteous life. They don't want that. They want to keep on smoking all their shisha, smoking all their weed, smoking all their, their cigarettes and Indian name, fornicating and adult, committing adultery, going to all... The, they want to keep on doing that, yet they want God's benefit of directing them. Mm-mm-mm. God is more interested 
invested in you living a righteous and holy life so that in the end you make even your final home and doing supernatural displays for you. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot of that. You just look for a place. Is it money? How much does the Baba collect? Let me just pay some money so that I can know. No, 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 no. God is, it is the God obedience is better than what? God is more interested in to asking to obey God than the fat of rams and all these offerings. God wants your heart. And he wants you to get saved and become a disciple. So anywhere that is set up, even if they are carrying Bible there and they call the name of something, something, and it ends with church or whatever. But the system is that people come there, they pay money, somebody sees vision for them, somebody sees something for them, they leave, nobody gets saved, nobody stays to get discipled, all they do for them. That is not, that is a demonic occultic place. Only that there's a veneer, a camouflage in front. God is not playing games with spiritual gifts and power. He's not just after show of partial. No, no. He wants you to be saved and then wants you to be spirit-filled. And then he wants you to be discipled and be growing and stay with him. Can I have a good amen in the house, somebody? All right. So, one. So, that's a lie from the devil. And people are falling for it. Looking for guidance here and there and there. One of the greatest benefits of being saved is having God speak to you every day, continually. Continually. That's one of the greatest benefits of the saved life. Every day, God wants and is speaking to you. Christ has promised to direct believers. John 10, 3 to 5. Let's look at John. Matthew, Matthew, and John. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. One thing is Christian cannot say. And be saying the truth is that ah, God never talks to me. That is a statement of a lie. That is a lie according to the Bible. John chapter 10. I read from verse 3. Jesus is speaking here. John 10, 3. He's speaking about himself being a good shepherd and the sheepfold and all of that. And he said to him, the porter, he said, he that entered in the door is the um, is the Shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens and the sheep hear his voice. The sheep hear his voice. Jesus is the chief shepherd. So who are the, who, who are the sheep? Who are the sheep? I am the sheep. You are the sheep. We, the children of God, are the sheep. His sheep. He is our shepherd. If he's your shepherd, say amen. And then he says, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name. Say after me. He knows my name. And he leads them out. And when he puts out his own sheep, he goes in front of them. And the sheep follow Jesus, the chief shepherd. For they what? Know his voice. And the stranger will they not follow, but they will flee from the stranger. That is Satan. Who is trying to give false direction and instructions. They will run away from the devil. For they know not the voice of the strangers. Can you say amen somebody? So Jesus is saying, my sheep, they know my voice. My sheep, they hear my voice. My sheep, they hear 
my voice. Pure and simple. So, God is speaking continually. God is directing us continually. But the issue, the problem is that believers, we are not tuning in continually. Because many of us live too much in our senses. Everybody touch this place. See how hard it is. Hello? Is it hard? Touch this place. This is where you should live in. Is it soft? Soft. Which one is softer than the, which one is softer than the other? Which one is softer? This one is the one. The soft one is the one that hears. It is soft. It is hearing, sensitive. Not this hard one. But many Christians live here too much. That's why they are, they are not, it's not that they are not being led, but they are not hearing. Right? So, the issue is to, it's just like we're here now. Radio stations are transmitting. But we're not hearing any FM station, any radio station. We're not hearing, uh, what are the, the, the Lagos Television, FM station, um, what are the radio stations in Lagos? Huh? Inspiration FM. We cannot hear anything. Which other one? Echo FM. We cannot, traffic. Is that one called traffic? Traffic. We cannot hear anything. Why? Does that mean they are not? Tra- <clears throat> if you go there, you will see dozens of staff working. Engine. If you go there right now, there's one not too far from here. If you go there right now, you see them working and transmitting and the DJ and everything. But how come you are not hearing? How come? Because you are not tuned in. That's what Christians are saying all the time. I'm not here. God is not speaking. No, don't say that. God is transmitting. You are not tuning in. It's time to start tuning in. You'll find that every second of every minute of every hour of every day of your lifetime, he is transmitting continually. Like he said in Isaiah, continually, continually continually. Now you got to train yourself to tune in. Now you got to go back to all the things I've shared all month long so that you can begin to tune. I believe this is one of the most important and crucial things. Sometimes it can even be a lifesaver, a difference between life and death. Knowing to follow the voice of the Lord. You must. Now, when it comes to following uh, God, I found out that many are not tuning in. Also, I found out that many Christians pray. Most Christians pray. So, most Christians have more faith to speak to God than to believe God is also speaking to them. They have more faith to believe that they are speaking to God than have faith to believe God is also speaking to them. That's where the problem is. And, that Christians, and that's why many of our prayers don't get answered because after a while, our prayer is just almost like automatic route. I, I, I talk to God, I talk to God. Okay, if you don't, when you start believing that your prayer is getting to God and God too is talking back down to you and you are receiving and hearing, you'll get more breakthroughs. But many believe that you can talk to God and God can hear. So why don't you believe that God can also talk to you and you can hear? Another thing I've heard about, I found out about many Christians is that they believe in the voice of devils more than the voice of heaven. Oh, and the devil, the devil told me, the devil told me to steal that sweet, and I resisted the devil. The devil said I should not come for 
We testify a lot about the devil. The devil said, I should not come for the service, but thank God I came for the service. And the devil, so many of us believe so much that the devil talks. But to say, even when they've been led to give the kudos and the accolade to God, they say, something just told me to do. But when it is the devil, when it's something evil, they say, the devil, so they specifically will say, so they specifically believe in the voice of the devil more than in the voice of God. If I say, now, an angel just inspired me to pick something along because I was going to see something. You see how Christian will be looking. But if I say, oh, a demon told me to slap somebody in the traffic. I know those demons. So, so, our faith is stronger in the activity of the devil than in the activity of heaven. So if I say, an angel just told me, put a thought in my mind, that instead of taking that road, I should take this road. Then I found out that there was, happened to be called up on that, that road, and I, the people look at me, eh? angel, angel, angel. But if I say, ah, and the devil, the devil was telling me that uh, you don't like me, but I cast out that voice of the devil. All of you say, yeah, yeah, that's good. The devil. The church has more faith in devils <laughs> and the kingdom of darkness than in kingdom of righteousness and all the partners playing the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, and His holy angels. But God is bringing the church back gradually, bringing us back gradually. Amen. Now. When it comes to being led by God, you must place, so let me take another step forward now. You must place a worth and a value on the written word of God. The written word of God. For you to really, really begin to hear God clearly, you must become what we call, until people start calling you a word diet. <laughs> Too much word, word. What does word say? What does word You must put a premium on the written word of God as the primary source of your knowing God and living out the will of God. The word of God must be your primary source of knowing the will of God and living by the will of God, the plan of God, the instruction of God. It must be the word of a living God primarily. First of all, before you start hearing spontaneous things by the Spirit, you must be able to get and dig out and fish directions from the written word. First of all, let's look at a few scriptures. Psalm 119 verses 11 and then and 105. Psalm 119, everyone. Let's read one or two verses. And that's where divine direction starts. The, the 66 books of the Bible. And I'll tell you how it operates. Psalm 119, verse 11. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. To sin means to miss the map. You begin to make mistakes and miss God when you do not have his word in your heart. So spend time putting his word in your heart and then you'll start taking the right steps that please your God. Your word have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Place premium worth and value on the written word. Go down to verse 105 of the same chapter. Chapter 119. Verse 105. And it says, thy word 
Thy word, Genesis, Exodus, Psalms, Proverbs, all the way to Revelation, 66 books. Thy word, the Holy Scriptures, is what? A lamp. A lamp is something you use to see light. You used to see so that you don't stumble in a dark room. You are in darkness if you don't have the word. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. And to re-emphasize it, your word is also a light unto my path. If you live a life that is not guided by the word, sooner than later, you're going to stumble and fall and crash. Crash and burn. The word is what gives us. In your light, we see light. Your worldview, there's something called worldview. Worldview means the way people see things, the way they see marriage, the way they see the genders, the way they see sex, the way they see handling money, the way they see youth, the way they see old age, the way their view, it's called a world, a person's worldview. Your worldview must be, must be shaped through the view of the word of God. Your worldview must be the word, word view, word without L. The word view must be your world view. Everything. So people ask me, what do you think about this? I just tell them, I only think what the word of God thinks about it. At the end. That's where I side. What do you think about a man marrying a man? A woman marrying a woman? I think what the word of God thinks about it. Eve was not a man. So... I don't even argue about such matters. I don't have strength. I don't have energy. I don't have capacity to be arguing. What is clear? My direction is clear. What do you think about a man marrying more than one woman? Like your real African pedigree suggests you should do. Then my pedigree comes from the Father in heaven. My true original father is our father who was in heaven. And when he made marriage, he did not give more than one woman for a damn. All the others we see in the Bible, all of them made mistakes. What about Abraham? What about Solomon? What about them? What about, them? What about Adam? In the beginning, it was not so. God just allowed them like that because they were now dead spiritually. But now we are alive spiritually. The original plan of God is what we are to follow now. Does that mean we are, we are abandoning our Africanness? Yes, because it is, that part of it is evilness. The part, every European too, every part of Europeanness that is evilness they should abandon. Every African, every part of Africanness that is evilness, we should abandon. The word of God is our ultimate culture. Our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is up from above. We are only ambassadors here, really. We are only ambassadors in Africa. We are only ambassadors in Nigeria. We are, I'm only an ambassador in Yoruba land. My real, 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 real citizen, I will first of all hold the passport of heaven before the passport of Nigeria. That is how believers should think. That should be your worldview. And then it will guide you and direct you.
guide you on that. And then when you do that, then God looks at you and says, you are now qualified for extra guidance. Because you already honor the guidance. It's just like you've not done, you've not done, you've not done um, SS1, SS2, SS3. You've not done GSS1, GSS, GS2, GS3, SS1, SS2, SS3. You just went from, 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 um, what was that? Uh, from five, primary five. Is it primary you call it now? You, from primary six, you just want to uh, uh, go to university. No, no, no. No. So some people want to get vision, revelation, whatever from God. And God, the one that he has given you in these 66 books, you know, you've not obeyed it yet. For instance, I want abundance, oh, financial breakthrough. He has already said that only 90% of your income is yours. 10% is mine. Honor me first. Father, breakthrough. Father, breakthrough. I do breakthrough. You are not breaking anything through until you. Oh, Lord, show me where I should go and invest and you will make wrong investment because you are not obeying this initial first of all foundational leadership and instruction he has given you. Marriage. Lord, show me who to marry. Every guy who has a car carries you on lift. And you're already thinking that maybe this is the one. And this car is smelling of smoke. Hmm? And he's playing all the rotting Christian, I mean, unbeliever music. He had no Christian. One Christian comedian lady. <laughs> she said, well, there's this guy. I don't know what she was doing with the guy, but they were on campus. And the guy said, oh, you know, I'm interested in you and all of that. And then she said, okay, let me give you a test question. How many commandments did God give David on the mountain for the children of Israel? And the guy said, uh, uh, is it not David? It's only 10 now. So she said she just packed her bag. <laughs> That was the end of the of the lunch. <laughs> anyway, but the word of God has first of all told you you must not be unequally yoked together by unbelievers. So that has already guided you away from a part of the demography in the land who are single and eligible, no matter how single and eligible they are, they are not, they cannot, everyone, God cannot think of such a person for you. But no, no, uh, she's a nice girl. She's not born again yet. But she's nice. So, I'll marry her and convert her. No, she's convertible. She, oh, she's a car. <laughs> she's a, oh, he's convertible. Oh, he's, a, he's a Ferrari. Okay, convertible. Hmm. So God is saying, uh, so you want me for the direction? When, the direction I've given you in my word, stay with it first. Then, as you, when I see you are committed to that, then... I will now add the specific ones of 
who where lead your path and lead the person's path to come across and then you can now tell and then I can confirm and all of that. But it must start with the word of God first. You must accept the leading of the word of God along those lines first. And a church goer, he does not mean he's a child of God. The person goes to church. The fact that the person's parents are Christians does not mean the person is a child of God. I'm talking of a child of God who has a story of the day she or he got saved. And there are people who can testify and witness that, oh, yeah, 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 this person used to be a sinner and has now become saved and the person has now lifestyle changes as a result of the salvation. And then the more you go on in the kingdom of God, you are serious to this dimension, they want, they want to make sure the person is serious dimension and then God begins to lead you along those lines in the other areas. Alright, so, 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 the word of God. Second, Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. Let's Ooh, my time. Oh. Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. All, all the way to Matthew, Mark, Luke. All the way to Revelation. 66 books of the Bible. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine. That means to teach, to teach you so that you can have the right kind of teaching for reproof, for correction, so that you can correct your cause. When you are not taking the right steps, no, 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 that is the wrong step to take. For correction, for what else? Instruction instruction, that is guidance, the will of God, the plan of God, those scriptures is given for instruction, to instruct you in this how to go about your life, this how not to go about your life, for in right, in righteousness, or in what is right. So the word of God is already given to let you know how to, so you change your life, your way of thinking, your actions, your talking, everything to line up with that. You're already being led and guided by God. When you are complying your life to be in line with the word of God. If you are with me, say amen. Let me hear that. All teaching, therefore, all, and then all personal prophecies, all kinds of prophecies, visions, directions, spiritual activity of, of, um, of, of instructions and all of that must be tested by the written word. You must test it with the written word. All spiritual experiences must be weighed, judged, and validated by the superiority of God's written word, the scriptures. Let me read that again to you. Let me read it as I wrote it. All spiritual experiences you have, dreams. Nobody call your name or your phone number by word or not. Somebody does this. We always like all those kind of things because they're very spectacular. But all those things, all such experiences must be weighed. Don't just swallow them like you are just a, a baby chicken that has not, his eyes not even open yet, but his mouth is just anything they put in your mouth. No, don't do that. Must be weighed, judged, and validated by the superiority of God's written word, the Holy Scriptures. Everybody go to Second Peter chapter 1, verses 17 to 20. There's a scripture here. It's, it's a little bit, I don't want to call it hard, 
but sometimes we read it and we don't know what it's saying. Let me just try and break it down for us a bit. And it reinforces what I'm saying. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 17. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 17. And Peter began to talk about, he was there on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus Christ turned all white. And then Moses and Elijah were there and there was a cloud and there was the audible voice of God. Peter was one of those three. I had the privilege of being there. Let's, let's see what, but let's see, later on, let's see what he had to say about that, that, that shaking experience he had. Spiritual experience he had. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 17 says, For we received from God, the Father, honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him, that's to Jesus, from the excellent glory, he's talking about on that day of the month of consideration. This is my beloved son. He knew my well placed. He quoted what God said. So he's talking about what happened on that mountain. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mountain. He's talking about with these physical hairs. Hey, it was very fearful and terrible experience. But then he says, but he said, and this voice we, which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mountain. We have also a martial word. Of prophecy. What is a more sure word of prophecy? What can be a more sure word than hearing the audible voice of Baba God? So he's saying there's something else we build our life on that is more sure than that. No matter how supernatural, powerful, spectacular signs and wonders a person is. Don't just assume. There's something more sure that you should use to test it first. So let's go on reading. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. What is he talking about? What does that mean? Whereunto you do well that you take heed. As unto a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in our heart. Knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture. So this prophecy, this sure word of prophecy is talking about is, he's talking about the scripture. The scripture. Somebody say the scripture. Say it again. Say the scripture. The scripture simply means the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. God calls it a prophecy that is more sure than hearing an audible voice from God. And seeing a dream. And getting a prophetic word that is accurate and spot on. Those things are also can be operations of the Holy Spirit and all of that. No problem with that. But they, they must always be weighed on the scale of the small sure word. Which is what? Which is what? Which is what? The scripture. So... One preacher says he's so anointed. He's very anointed. Oh, he's so anointed. Ah, he's having signs and wonders. This happened somewhere in the years. Ah, he's anointing so much. He needs more than one wife for the ministry to for the 
to carry the anointing on him. So, even though normally God doesn't permit polygamy, but because his own anointing is unusual, God has spoken to him that he can have a second wife. <laughs> what should you do? A sure word of prophecy. <laughs> carry your Bible, carry your kaya, carry your bag, put your, remove your shoes, put them on your head, pick raise. Why? The sure word of prophecy has contravened the so-called prophecy he says he has. Do you understand what I'm saying now? So, that's how, that's how we look at things. Right? So, and so, God will not give a word. The Spirit of God will not give a word that will counteract the letter and the spirit of the Holy Scriptures. The Spirit and the Word agree. Say after me. The Spirit and the Word of God, they agree. And they, say, they will always agree if it's the Spirit of God. Yeah, that's why he gave us. It's a safety check. It's a safety valve. They will always agree. He will always agree. Because the Holy Ghost is the author of this thing. And God is not the author of confusion. Can we say amen somebody now? Alright. So, let me round up with this last thought. Alright. So remember, I said, went through all of that to let us know that all spiritual experiences you have, whether by yourself or somebody else is speaking to your life or they got a dream for you or whatever, must be weighed, must be judged, must be validated by the superiority of God's written word, by the scriptures, which is a more sure word of prophecy than any other prophecy around. So, if it is a prophecy that lines up, it's positive. It's, it's, I've shared with you seven ways you can judge prophecies already in one of these teachings that it lines up with any, all those seven. Then it's because of that we accept it. Amen. Ships. Finally, what's my message? What's the title of my message tonight? Knowing the will of God for your life. When you want to know the will of God for your life, it's a combination of especially the more serious what you are praying about. There are some things that are not serious. Should I use a blue tie tonight? Light blue or deep blue or anything like that. If I wear the only thing that can be serious is that she, me, I should not wear two ties. That's when it can become a serious <laughs> But I just want to pick one tie and everything like that. I can even say, Holy Spirit, help me. Which one should I even pick out of that? That one is not a serious issue. Amen. But should I relocate from Nigeria, uproot and go and live in another country? That is not like deciding what color of tie to wear. I hope you understand how serious. Do you, do you understand what I mean by seriousness? Hmm. Amen. And which shoe do I wear today? For a single person, it's not as serious as should I marry this guy? Two guys are already disturbing me, and they are all born against spirit field. Their tongues is super, and they are serving in the house of God. They are not the same house. I'm always telling people, Go after you are married. Some I don't know why ladies are always saying, I want him to be tall. 
I want him to be tall. I want him to be tall. He must be tall. You don't. You are, you are still a baby. After you are married for three years, some people are married for two, three. They say the shortest guy in my life. I wish I could have married him. Because you find out that height has nothing in the overall scheme of things. Not at all. <laughs> oh, so is it not all you go to? You will find out later. After, go, and, go and ask people who have been married for more than four years, five years, ladies. They will tell you. Did I ever even ask for height? Did I ever, was I ever one of those things? You must be tall. You must be tall. Who wants tall? Is it tall we will chop? I want sh- short but loyal. <laughs> short but faithful. If they say all the faithful people, the only one remaining are short, you say, I, can I have all of them? He said, no, you can only have one. <laughs> yes, some of this, I don't Because my time is running out. Don't let me. You got to be here on Monday. Amen. Miss Wright meets Mr. Wright. Let's be here on Monday. Let's be here on Monday. And that's one of the reasons why people are having so much problems with them. I'm not saying I'm not saying God will give you somebody you don't like. But in God's scale of I don't know what they call that thing in economics I'm, I'm priority in God's priority for a spouse for you height is is, is, is not a, it's not it's not God's priority to guide the person is tall or short. And you better believe me. When you've been married for a few years, go and ask any lady. They will even remember, is he even tall self? Is he got a by short self? Because it's other things. You will find out marriage is made of. He must be tall, he must be tall. He must be tall, he must be tall. And then many of the top people take advantage of people. They they don't want to marry. They just want to say, you all want all. Okay. (laughs) Ouch. Hey. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get back to this. Let's get back to this now. How did I even get into that? What, What got me into that? Anyway. Decisions for your life. When you're about to make a major decision, you must operate like ships, ocean liner ships, coming in into the wharf and coming in into the harbor. I read this many years ago and, and that it's a way that helps with divine guidance. That when ships are coming, especially at night, there are what they call lighthouses and then there are bowls that's made up of light. They have light stations floating on the water to guide the ship safely into the harbor. So, they must check 
and see that at least three of those lights, wherever those three of those lights line up, they follow it, guiding them. That if they have see only one light, they should not go. If it's only two lights they can see lining up, don't go, slow down. But if you can make the third and you can see three of those lights, just whatever direction those three lights line up in, that is the direction of safety to the above. When you are making a serious decision to be guided by God, there are three lights that must line up for your life. Or else, what happens to this sheep? If the three lights don't line up and they keep on going, shipwreck, destruction. No matter what make the sheep is, no matter who is driving the sheep, no sentiments there. So when ships are coming to a harbor, there's a protocol they must observe. They must make sure that three of those harbor lights line up to guide them in or else there will be a shipwreck. To make major decisions in your life, you must ensure that three directional harbor lights, spiritual harbor lights, are lining up in your life. Number one, light. The written word of God. The written word of God. This step I'm about to take. What does the written word of God say? Does the written word of God agree with it? Am I taking it in line with the written word of God? As the written word of God says, I shouldn't do it. The written word of God. Everybody say after me, the written word of God. That's why you must come to church. You must get all these messages. Listen to these sermons more than once. It's for your benefit. Not the benefit of the pastor or the preacher. It's for your benefit. Number one, the written word of God. Does the written word of God line up with it? Does it accept it? Does it agree with it? Number one, that's number one light. Once you can check, you check that tick, you check it. Number two, the second light that must line up. And all three must be there at the same time before you step out into major decisions. Number two, the inner witness of your spirit. Peace in your spirit by the inner witness. Peace in your spirit by the inner witness. That's the whole sermon I did back. So that one must also line up. Even though it is written in the word of God. There's peace in your spirit about it. And the third one, the natural doors. Write it down like that. I'll explain. The natural doors. Revelations chapter 3 verse 7. Revelations chapter 3 verse 7. Jesus said, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia write these things, says he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David. Jesus calls himself, he that opens and no man shuts. And shuts and no man opens. So after you've been praying, especially when it comes to life partner, especially when it comes to the, the moving from one geographical country to the other and all of that, the word of God, you feel, the, you, you, have, you feel you have scriptures for it, that's fine. Then the inner witness, you've prayed, you've kept quiet, you've been still, and in your stillness, you have peace about it. Good. But then, at the doors also opening. Because some things 
They're yes from God, but the time is not right. Hello? They're yes from God, but the time is not right. Okay, I prayed and God told me she's my wife. And I went to ask her, and she said no. Later on, she told me the approach I brought was wrong. I just thought. But now, looking back, at that point, I think she was just 20. I was 21. Maybe you were 20. Or maybe, no, maybe I was 22. You were 21. What do you think of a 21-year-old? They're still thinking that all these boys are still, I have my options and nothing. But I didn't know. I just, time. I don't know what she, that's where I see it. So, okay. Then, we, then what will we do with relationship from all that for four years? How many years? Doors. Sometimes some doors will just shut. Sometimes some doors will open. And it's not because you, it's, the scripture is against it. And it's not because you don't have the, the peace in your spirit. Sometimes it's also because the timing is a little off. So it's, so, it's good also to observe that part. So that that's the third light you want to line up for you. Am I, am I speaking to somebody? The natural doors. It, this will explain it to you better. First Kings 17, my last scripture for today. Finally. Is this my finally, finally? Have I said any finally before now? Yeah? Like a good preacher, you must say three finalists. No, no, like Paul, by the Spirit of God, finally, then you say finally. <laughs> but I think this will be my last one. First Kings chapter 17, I want you to look at it. It is the story of Elijah. There was famine in the land, and there was divine direction for Elijah. This is how you will survive and prosper so that you will not die in the famine. God said in chapter 17, verse 3, Get the ends and turn eastward. Hide instruction. Divine direction is coming. Hide yourself by the brook called Kerit. That is before you get to Jordan. And it shall be that you shall drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So what's the next thing to do? Elijah obeyed the instruction. Divine direction. So he went. Verse 5. And did according to the word of the Lord. The divine direction got from God. And he went and dwelt and lived by the brook carries that is before Jordan. And the ravens, true, true. The ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning. And bread and flesh or meat in the evening. And they drank water to wash it down from the brook. Verse 7. And it came to pass. After a while. That the brook that God sent him to dried up. <laughs> because there had been no rain in the land. Verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Rise, get thee to Zarephath. So, I am sure Elijah began to seek God and wonder, Ah, 
God led me to this brook. Why is it drying? So what's happening? A door was shutting because a door was opening. Do you understand what I'm saying now? Alright, so the natural, sometimes God also, when he sees that you already have these two lights, then God can now say, okay, fine. Just to put things well for you, I will also put a third one for you so that in the natural, something in the natural will show I am the one that has opened the door and I'm saying, yes, go. Stand up, everybody. So always, especially when it is, these are serious issues that you know that ah, if I make this decision, I could lose millions if it is a wrong one. Or I could lose tens of millions. Or it could affect my whole family. Or it could, when there are big issues, this, take time to see that you have these three lights. Then move your ship safely on. If the three are not in place, hold on. Hold on. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you for your word today. Lord, thank you for all we've learned this month. Father, I'm praying that as we apply this in our lives, testimonies will abound. Your name will be glorified in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. Please follow us on our social media handles. 